Chapter Four of Red Diamonds by Justin McCarthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Four, in the doorway. As Gerald stood at the club door, a carriage drove up and stopped. The carriage door opened and a man got out. Gerald knew the man at once. He was Captain Raven. He stood for some moments at the open carriage door talking to the ladies, its occupants. They were, as Gerald could see distinctly, ladies. Two ladies. One, the one nearest to the door, was very young and very pretty. Gerald got a kind of bewildering, delightful impression of a delicate oval face and a pair of bright eyes, of a mass of soft, fair hair. The other inmate of the carriage, Gerald could see less distinctly, but she was evidently an older woman. It was to her that Captain Raven was talking. The young girl had glanced through her window at the club and at Gerald standing in the doorway, and it was in this brief glance that Gerald had received the bewildering impression of beauty. Then the young lady had turned away, and Gerald only got a glimpse of her side face as she nestled in the white down of her cloak. "'It was really most kind of you to drop me,' Captain Raven said. "'Not at all,' the elder lady responded, and Gerald liked her voice for its firm, kind tone. "'It is not in the least out of our way. You will not forget the great occasion.' "'Could I possibly?' Captain Raven answered gallantly, while memory holds her seat in this distracted globe." "'We shall make a convert of you in time,' the elder lady replied. "'I am converted already,' said the captain. "'At least you shall see that women can do some things as well as men. You will show him what fencing is like, won't you, dear?' Captain Raven turned his face to the young girl. "'That will be indeed delightful.' The girl laughed a delightful laugh, and spoke in a delightful voice. "'Wait till you see it, Captain Raven. Don't form rash hopes.' "'I shall form hopes, but they will not be rash. So many thanks. Good night.' Captain Raven closed the carriage door, raised his hat, the ladies nodded, and the carriage drove rapidly away in the direction of King Street. Raven, turning round, recognized Gerald. He greeted him cheerfully. "'Hello, Aspen, my boy, how are you?' "'I'm all right,' Gerald answered. "'I say, look here, I want to speak with you.' "'Certainly, my dear fellow, certainly. Nothing wrong with the club, I hope. No complaint, no appeal to the committee?' Gerald laughed. "'No, no, the club is all right. I just want a word with you.' right you are did you see those women charming women yes who were they what don't you know oh you must know them of course you've heard of them though a newspaper man like you the two men were still standing in the porch of the club 
Gerald had his hand upon the swing door, and Raven was looking with an air of half-real, half-affected sentimentality in the direction of King Street, as if to his fancy the wheels of the departing carriage had left behind them a hallowed track of golden fire. Gerald could not help laughing at the troubadour air of the cynical club's secretary. "'What a fellow you are, Raven,' he said. Who are they, anyhow? My dear boy, said Raven solemnly, one of those two ladies was the charming Lady Scardale, the other was the still more charming Miss Locke. Gerald almost started with surprise. What, Fidelia? he asked. Captain Raven eyed him curiously. Oh, then you have heard of her, he said. That is Miss Fidelia Locke. I heard of her by mere chance, Gerald hastened to explain. Her name was on a card of invitation I received, in the regular way of business, to some function at some college or other of which Lady Scardale, of course I have heard of Lady Scardale, was the patroness, and Miss Locke's name was on the card. Captain Raven nodded. That is to be a big business, that function, he said. Sort of going to teach the world how to revolve out of its own orbit, I believe. Dear Lady Scardale, she's as good and kind a woman as ever breathed, and she'd be as happy as she's good if only she'd married a good man. But there aren't many men with that complaint about. And Captain Raven laughed. And Miss Locke? Gerald queried tentatively oh miss locke is a charming young woman to whom lady scardale acts as guide philosopher and friend she's awfully clever and awfully advanced and lady scardale thinks no end of her and so do a lot of other people as well as lady scardale this time captain raven did not laugh and she is pretty said gerald answering aloud to his own silent thoughts if he had gone on as he began he would have added and she doesn't wear spectacles and carry a baggy umbrella after all pretty i should think she is she's just beautiful i wish all the women in the world were as pretty by allah life would be like the seventh heaven in that case captain raven had travelled considerably in the east and was fond of the east and amused himself as his friends by affecting occasionally a Mohammedanism of language and attitude towards Occidental life. However, he added, I suppose that wasn't what you wanted to talk to me about, the charms of Miss Fidelia Locke? Oh, no, indeed, said Gerald. Then let's get inside and have it out. Captain Raven pushed the door open and the pair entered the hall together. Raven divested himself of his coat, a fur coat, though the April was mild, for the gallant captain professed an oriental susceptibility to cold as well as to female beauty. "'Let us go into the morning-room,' said Raven. "'Perhaps there is nobody there.' Into the morning-room they went, with its series of fine engravings of famous travellers all around the walls. Nobody was there as it happened, so Raven and Aspen sat down and Raven began to smoke. "'Now then,' said Raven, "'fire away. What is it?' 
did you ever asked gerald hear of a man named seth chickering seth chickering captain raven blew a cloud of smoke into the air and reflected while it evaporated seth chickering seth chickering oh why yes at least no i never knew him but that's the name of a man who was elected to this club some time ago what do you know about him nothing much but he was here to-night the deuce he was where did he turn up from raven was leaning against the mantelpiece looking down at gerald who had dropped into an armchair gerald looking up at him could not help contrasting him in his mind with the man they were talking about with the man who had just left him a few minutes ago raven was very tall and slightly built his black hair was closely cut his black moustache was carefully waxed his black eyes were very bright the almost spanish darkness of his skin lent something of what the french call a fatal air to his appearance he was very carefully dressed and there was about him something of that curious compound of skill quiet strength and audacity which suggested a blend of the lady's riding-master with the high-toned mississippi gambler yet with every word he spoke with every gesture he made it was plain that he was a gentleman an adventurer perhaps he would scarcely have denied that but certainly a gentleman adventurer yes he was curiously unlike seth chickering and it was odd they should have any connection together well said gerald he seems to have turned up from south africa he sat at my table and told me a long rambling tale which i couldn't quite make out but there's a lot about a diamond mine and he had a lot of diamonds with him and he talked of your brother yes i have a brother somewhere out there raven remarked do you know i am very much afraid from something he said that your brother is no longer alive ah is poor old jim dead raven gave a little sigh and followed it by a little shrug of the shoulders we weren't very fond of each other none of our family ever are a pity i suppose can't be helped eh of course i can't be sure gerald went on he may be mistaken or i may have misunderstood him it was a most rambling story altogether but anyhow it ended up by his drinking more than was good for him then he insisted on going out and he also insisted on my taking charge of a pocket-book for him he seemed to have taken a sort of fancy for me i'm not surprised said raven good-humouredly raven liked gerald he who had seen so much of the world and its ways liked the energetic enthusiastic young man who had seen so little of either and whose very cocksuredness was entertaining to so old a hand as captain jackdaw well well i took the pocket-book but really i don't know if i ought to have i went to the door to give it back to him but he had gone and just then you drove up look here raven don't you think that as you are secretary of the club i might entrust this document to your safe-keeping raven laughed no thank you my boy catch me accepting any responsibility i am not obliged to accept 
no you've taken the pocket-book and you'd better take care of it until you can give it to him again where's he staying he didn't say did he make any appointment oh yes he said he would come to the club to-morrow and then he would claim his pocket-book well there you are you've only got to keep it till then i shall take care to be on the spot to-morrow and see this seth chickering i'd like to be sure about jim too gerald was going to say something to raven about the possible heritage of diamonds but then he thought he had better not after all seth chickering's tale might not be true or gerald might have mistaken its drift anyhow it was no use to let raven prematurely think himself the heir to an inheritance of diamonds so gerald held his peace well said raven what are you going to do now come and have a game at billiards no thanks said gerald i am off to a function magnificent show metropole you'll see all about it in the catapult shall i said raven then in that case i won't bother about going myself it would be a pity to take the edge off my appreciation of your splendid description by forming any previous acquaintance with the dull commonplace reality that's good of you said gerald well i'm off good-night good-night said raven they had walked together into the hall raven lounged slowly up the staircase in the direction of the billiard-room gerald climbed into his overcoat and went off to his festivity End of chapter four